You're listening to You're listening to the to a Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show where every season we invite a bunch of homebrewers in to show us magic tricks. My name is Mark and joining me is every magician's favourite assistant, Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing alright mate, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's your favourite episode. It is my favourite episode and I'm very excited about the beers that we've got coming up this evening. Me too. This is our Season 7 Homebrew Special and joining us are three very fine brewers. We have Ollie Watts. Hello, Ollie. Hello, mate. We have Ben Vickers. Ben, hello. Hello. And Mr. Rich Caller. Hello, Rich. Good evening. So we are getting into three beers tonight, obviously. We have a bitter from Ollie, a salted pineapple wit from Ben... And a Tethy's Oat Merlot Old Ale from Rich. So we said last episode that you guys are kind of you're upping the bar even further. So this is going to be a very, very interesting episode indeed. But before we get to that, Stevie. Mark, you can't you can't see me, but I'm doing my excited face <laughs> at, at the moment because I'm really excited about doing these beers tonight. <laughs> We're not doing any news tonight. Have we got a hop topic? Yes, um, it's, I just thought this would be a good one to do with um, some guests. So uh, this week's hot topic is, um, it was kind of the thing that hit the news last week, which was uh, that Doombar isn't actually brewed in Cornwall. Um, now, I, I think there's been enough people that derided uh, Molson Coors over this. Um, so, so I didn't want the focus of tonight's hot topic to be about that the fact that Doombar isn't actually brewed in Cornwall, even though it states it is. Um, it's more about how important is it to consumers to have place of origin and ingredients and those sorts of things on the label. So um, I'd be quite interested to get the view of the the, the homebrewers on, on tonight's Hot Topic. Um, so does anybody want to take a punt at that to start with? Yeah, if you like. Um, well, it's interesting to know what's in a beer, but... Use quite often tell you on the website rather than the label. There's enough information on most beer labels nowadays uh, that the print gets very small and I can't read it after I've been <laughs> drinking. What about location of where it's brewed, Rich? Um, it's good to know where it's from, but it's not absolutely vital. I mean, beer is an industrial product and it's not like wine where the exact vineyard matters. Yeah, I think but, I think it. I think it depends if the brewery that is selling the beer makes a great play about them being from a particular place and i think that's one of the tricky things about doom bar and sharps is that they make a great play of being cornish you know if it's just a generic beer that doesn't have a claim on a location um i think it i think it matters less but i think the reason people got so agitated about doom bar is that they profess to be cornish and it's cornish beer but actually it's not brewed in cornwall i think that's the but anyway, I think I think it's important. I think location is important, but it's more important that it tastes good. Absolutely, I'm I'm actually amazed uh, they've, they've done that because the Cornish people are obviously very proud of their heritage. I mean, if you're from Yorkshire, which I'm from, and you try and get away with something like that and have it brewed in, say, I don't know, Lancashire, then uh, you're going to be in for big trouble. So I think if it says on your bottle it's brewed in a place, it should be brewed there, really, you know. Because that that seems to be an overwhelming uh, view from the panel there, Mark. What what about yourselves? What, what what's your view on it, mate? Um, I like having the ingredients on the bottles because I like knowing what hops are there and stuff. Not that I understand any of that, 
but I like seeing <laughs> ingredients. As for where it's brewed, I don't, I couldn't really give a shit. Um, I mean, if you had something like Southwold Bitter that was actually brewed in the Netherlands or something, then, you know, you'd have to say, well, that's not actually Southwold Bitter. Um, but, yeah, I think, like Ben was saying, if something really professes to be from a certain location and isn't from a certain location, then, you know, that's a bit of a piss take. But otherwise, I don't really care. I th- I, th- I think yeah just just to agree with with, with what was said there I, I I think that's that's the thing isn't it is that the, the beer has kind of sold itself on being from Cornwall um, and it's it's proud of that on the label and then it comes out that it's actually brewed in Burton upon Trent and it's which is obviously sort of like nowhere near Cornwall um, so I can understand why consumers might have felt cheated. Um, a little bite that but um, interested to see what the listeners think so if you want to get involved um, tweet us your views use the hashtag hot topic um, and share your views on this one cool well that was nice and short which is perfect because we need to get into this beer yeah, I, t- I did tell you I had my excited face on because <laughs> <laughs> we got we got three beers two decent sized ones and one is this an extra duvel bottle or something yeah I use a lot of duvel bottles because they um <laughs> They don't explode, and the duvel's nice. So. Yes, <laughs> we, we can. Yep. Um, so we are starting off with a beer that, on the surface, doesn't sound terribly interesting, but I think got all the other brewers in tonight's show a little bit excited at the fact that someone is going to put their hand to a bitter. So, Ollie. <laughs> yes. This this is your. A classic English session bitter. That's the plan, yeah. Brewed with slightly unusual hops. Yeah. So, what's unusual about them? Well, I, having listened to quite a few episodes, um, and you guys professing your love for the classic Fuggle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and part, part, of, part of me wanted to see if I could brew something that was really simple, um, that didn't have lots of hop flavour to hide behind. Um, and I also wanted to see if I could brew something that didn't use the classic sort of combination of British hops, Fuggles and Goldings. Um, and it's no secret that I am uh, a massive fan of Adnams um, and wanted to brew something that had a little bit of Southwold bitterness to it. I don't think I've quite got there with it, but the intention was the intention was there. So the recipe is, I believe, quite similar to Southwell Bitter, apart from the hops and the yeast. But the malt's the same. Okay. Can uh, we open it? Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, apologies, I've, I've already opened mine and started pouring it while you were talking oh. about it there, Ollie. Um, because I simply couldn't wait any longer. I'll be interested so I'll just... to know how it's carbonated for everyone. It, it's looking really good, actually. It's come it's out really lovely. nicely in the glass. Yeah. It's got a... A, a nice fizz to it. It's it's come out, out of a lovely. I've got a, a a nice solid fingers worth of a head there, as well. And just for you, Ollie, I'm pouring mine in an Adnams glass. Yeah, me too. Do you know? So, so have I. I've I've put mine into an Adnams glass tonight because I knew that's kind of where Ollie's inspiration came from for this. It's got a lovely colour to it, though. It's it's got that lovely sort of dark yes, bronzed colour to it. So that was the experiment with the, with the malt. So um, it doesn't have any any crystal malt in for colour. It just has brewer's caramel. Um, because I've never brewed brewer's caramel before, so. 
yeah. It's just, just so you know, there will be these silences from time to time. Obviously, we normally edit these out. That's right. <laughs> so, so don't worry if there's a sudden silence. It's just kind just, of us yeah. gathering our thoughts. Right. Oh, it is lovely and bubbly, isn't it? I've got, I'm getting a lovely aroma from this. I'm, I'm getting kind of big, thick, sort of almost like caramel biscuit coming out of it. Do we get into it, guys? Yes, please. Yes. Right. Cheers. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, that works, doesn't it? <laughs> that's really that's fantastic. <laughs> that's that that lovely sort of um multi start and then it just drifts off into that lovely sort of classic bitter that isn't horribly astringent and anything, but it's just really, it's sort of really lingering and there's fruit in there. I'm getting sort of soft fruits and, oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, good brew, man. Yeah, it's lovely. A Yorkshireman likes my bitter. That is the peak of, <laughs> peak of achievement. The, the ultimate accolade. <laughs> there we oh, go, yeah. That's some really nice black currency things in there. It's Bramling Cross, is it? The, that'll the... be the Bramling. Yeah, that'll be the Bramling, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. So I had a very little, very light dry hop as well, um, not too much. Um, I think I only put about 50 grams in in a, in a 55 litre batch, so just a little bit to give it an extra lift. Yeah, yeah that's come out all right. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, Ollie, when did you get started in brewing, mate? Well, I was looking on Time Hop um, <laughs> the other day, and it was... It was about 18 months ago, um, and it's a bit of a weird story because it was actually it was Barack Obama that got me into home brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a random, to see where this one goes. <laughs> yeah, it's a random story. So I was looking on the White House um, website for work, uh, and I stumbled across their YouTube channel, which had a art, uh, video on about how they brew in the White House kitchen. And there was just something about it that just clicked. I thought, that looks fantastic, because they've got all sorts of shiny kit. Um, they're, they're making a huge mess, but they end up with beer afterwards. And it just looked, it, I don't know what it was, it just clicked for me. So I, did, I, I have this habit with hobbies where I tend to go to the absolute sort of extreme with them. So I spent the rest of the afternoon Googling, working out how I could start brewing. Um, and that was about a year or so ago. Okay. So cool. uh, yeah. Thanks, Obama. Uh, yeah, absolutely. God bless. <laughs> God bless Barack. Um, but uh, I've actually, I've actually just started um, making steps into being able to sell my beer commercially as well, which has been an interesting journey. I don't know if the other two guys have ever lo- ever looked at doing that, but it's been a lot easier than I thought. I always think that was the only home brewer isn't planning to go pro at some point. <laughs> I've. I don't think I'll be going pro. <laughs> I enjoy my homebrew too much. I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, the beer, the beer that we're having now, um, um, I actually, I've got a, a couple of stainless steel casks, um, which I purchased again as a extravagance. But um, I popped most of the beer in in the cask um, and sampled it with a few people who 
um, who were sort of local camera types and that sort of thing, and, and they tried it and said it was it was good. Um, it didn't have the same sort of carbonation that it, and head that it's got in the bottle, um, but it came out quite quite nicely. So, um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be selling um, probably the smallest batch of beer of any brewery in the country, which is what one firkin at a time, um, <laughs> which starts at the end of the month, which is quite cool. So, so you're you're a nano brewery then? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's, what's smaller than nano? Isn't it Pico? Pico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the UK's first Pico brewery. Um, yeah, heard, like heard it here, folks. Yeah. Another exclusive for the Beer O'Clock Show. <laughs> um, Ollie, just just to because because I think this is the first time we've we've had um, a home brewer on that's actually got to the stage where they've started selling their own beer. Um, so just talk us through the process that you've had to go through to get to that stage. Um, it was, uh, it was there's a number of things I had to do. I mean, I had to write to. HMRC, um, Inland Revenue, to tell them I was brewing um, or planning to brew. And I sent them a plan of my house. Um, I brew in my utility room, which is about two metres by three metres, so it's really small. Um, I sent them a plan of the house, outlined that area, thinking they'd write back telling me to piss off. Um, I was being ridiculous. But I got a letter back saying, the utility room, Watson Co. Brewing, my address. So obviously they took me seriously. I got the certificate for that. Um and then it was a question of getting, um, you know, permission from the water company, which was really easy. I sent them an email and they replied within two days um, to get all of the chemicals and stuff sent down in the drain. Um, and the local council, who actually have been amazing, you know, you have this impression that councils are going to be really bureaucratic. But actually, I spoke to the environmental health people and the trading standards people um, who were really interested in what I was doing and actually really helpful. And, and got rid of all the barriers that I thought would be there. Um, so it's, I mean, it's as far as I'm aware, I'm good to go and ready to get started. So it took about a month or so to get get it set up. Okay, so that's going to be Watson Co. That's Watson Co. Yeah, that's the label on the bottle. What beers have you got planned? Well, I've actually got um, my first batch in the fermenter in the next next room to me now, <laughs> um, which is a a three point eight. Um, um, session pale ale. I don't want to call it an IPA because it's not really an IPA. It's a it's a session um, beer. I like session beers because I like drinking lots um, of beer and I don't like getting too pissed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's um, and that is hopped with mosaic and summit, um, and that's uh, that should be quite good. That's bubbling away quite nicely. Okay. So, so what other beers have you done in the past? Um, I brewed um, some disastrous ones at the beginning. I think which, that's half of the courses. <laughs> which turned out like some kind of substance I've never, I don't even know how to describe it. It tasted like pissy vinegar. It was horrible. Um, I brewed a, a, a sort of a porter, uh, a, again, a sort of quite light session porter for Christmas last year, which I was really, really pleased with. And I brewed a pale mild, um, which is inspired by a, a beer style called AK. Um, which um, Martin Cornell's done quite a lot of writing about, which is really cool. It's basically a, it's like a mild, but it uses pale malts. So that was really nice, um, and a few hoppy pale IPAs, as is normal. Yeah. And which one have you been most proud of? The porter, and actually this bitter as well. Um, I'm really pleased with it. It, I when I started it, I thought this is either going to go really well or it's going to taste awful and actually it's, it tastes a lot better than i thought it would do 
yeah um th well this is the style of beer that when i first got into beers these are the kind of that i would gravitate to before steve pushed me down that dark craft alley <laughs> but, easy okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i've never been the same since but i mean this is 3.9 percent. it's it's just lovely it goes down really smooth it's got everything you would expect from a bit of it. Mm. Nice light malts coming in, flavours from the hops. You know, I was listening to the the, the show you, when you reviewed the Southwell Bitter, which is absolutely my favourite beer. I've probably mentioned that. Um, it's my absolute favourite because it's just so simple. Um, and actually, if it, it goes to show how well Adnams brew their beers. You know, they brew a beer that is couldn't be simpler if it tried stands entirely on the yeast and on the water um it's just a really great style well i think i think you've you've managed to achieve replicating it here mate because this this is absolutely stunning this this bitter it does exactly what it says on the tin it, it wears its colors very well the flavor profile is just fantastic and i've got to say i am absolutely devastated that i only live 10 miles down the road from you um <laughs> because it's gonna it's gonna be really difficult to try and get your beers again in the future um, well yeah absolutely mate well the 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 inaugural the inaugural sale of the Watson Co. Pale Ale should hopefully be at the Victoria in in early July, so I'll let you know when that will be, and and um, we can maybe tempt you and a few other people to come and have a try of it. Oh, fantastic! Steve and a few other people. That's, that's your that's your fucking done then. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want? Does anyone have any anything they want to ask Ollie? I was beer? just going to ask about the um, flag and malt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that was that was because I'd brewed. I've tried a few different pale malt bases. Um, I've tried, you know, Maris. I've tried Tipple, um, and a lot of them because I brew with a single vessel. Um, so traditional brewers have three, three or four vessels. They have um, a hot liquor tank. They have uh, a mash tun. They have a boiler. Because uh, I haven't got enough space for that, I brew with. Um, a single vessel so i have a boiler with a, a stainless steel insert that acts as the mash tun it's like brewing a bag but it's a bit bit fancier um and what happened with the other pale malts was i got a lot of leftover crap um because i couldn't filter the um the wort out as well as you can if you've got more than one vessel um and actually using this malt for whatever reason um has produced produced less of that crap uh, less of that trub so the beer's a bit clearer have you brewed with it before I've, I've, I've tended to use Optic and Maris. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a nice, it's a nice base malt, and it comes from Norfolk, which is not. I'm in Essex, so it's not too far away. Okay, great. Well, let's shall we move on to our next beer then? <clears throat> yes, plan absolutely. Okay, so the next one is a four and a half percent wit. Salted pineapple wit sounds fancy as anything. So this, is, this is Ben's beer. Um, what can you tell us about this beer, Ben? Well, uh, my mate Stu, who uh, well is my boss as well, he, uh, he runs and owns the uh, North Riding Brew Pub wow. up, up here in Scarborough, and uh, he's recently went to New Zealand and came back and said he had a salty pineapple wit and uh, suggested that 
I brew one. So if you if your boss says something, you tend to do it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, since I get all my malt hops and ingredients and uh, ideas from Stu, um, that's what I did. So so yeah. yeah so I, I gave it a go, and uh, and this is what we've got. Okay. Well, I've just poured mine out. It came out fizzing. It's, it's a lovely pineapple <laughs> colour. There we go. It smells, it's a, love, it's it's a smells lovely aroma amazing. as well. It smells gorgeous. It's beautifully it clear as well for, for a wit. It's really... I, I was just about to say that. It smells great. It looks absolutely fantastic in the glass. Yeah. It's as clear as anything. It's a lovely... It's, oh, it's, it's like a light orange colour and it's got this beautifully crisp fizzy head i'm i'm really looking forward to diving into this one yeah right well let's not waste riches into his so let's get going <laughs> cheers guys cheers. cheers oh oh that's got loads of pineapple yeah wow that is gorgeous that is oh you get that second wave of pineapple <laughs> <laughs> it keeps coming. It, yeah. It's certainly pineapple-y, isn't it? That's, oh, that's the, for sure. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's more pineapple than salt, which is uh, this is kind of what I, what I was going for. Luckily, <laughs> I think I'd rather more pineapple than salt, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what... How did you salt the pineapple? Yeah, uh, I just uh, chopped it up. And uh, sprinkled it with uh, sea salt, not not too much, and then uh, and then stuck it in the fermenter. Obviously, after it had finished fermenting. So yeah. How, so that how was much it. was? How did you separate? Af- how did you rack off the beer? Well, ha! Uh, I tried to siphon it as as we do into into a into a secondary, but that didn't work at all. It just got clogged. So I ended up having to jug this out and run it wow. through muslin. Yeah, so uh, and uh, it was it was quite a horrible experience, really, because obviously going to oxidise it at that point. But I was it was as careful as it could be. Doesn't and, taste uh, Yeah, <laughs> so I just had to had to do it steady with a jug. Really, yeah. You, you wasn't tempted to do it siren style and leave all the fruit lumps in the bottom of it, then? No. <laughs> I, I, well, I wouldn't. I would, yeah. I wouldn't be. No, I, Steve would I, have I sent you a very sternly worded tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got the technology up here, unfortunately. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was the only way to go with it. Yeah. It, it makes for a stunning beer. I mean, like, like I say, everything about it is just spot on. The colour, the, the the aroma, the flavour. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. Cheers, Stu, uh, my boss. He, um he ordered a case when uh, when I brewed it, uh, uh, so I thought that well that that'll be all right then, because <laughs> he's quite picky about his beer. So, so that was a that was a good thing. Cool. So how did you get into brewing? Uh, working in the pub. Um, I don't have, have you have you heard of the North Riding Brew Pub up in Scarborough? Don't know if you you guys come across it. Um, uh, Stu Nielsen, who's the guy who runs it. He brews there and uh, just kind of working there and, and chatting to him. I just thought, I'd give it a go. Of course, I've got somebody there who can tell me where I'm going right and where I'm going wrong. Mm-hmm. And as I say, uh, a massive uh, malt store and a massive hop store to, to have a go at. And 
but Stu's got an amazing palate. I'll, I've, I've taken some of my, be- my beers to him and, and let him try them, and he just uh, he just says, "Oh, what are you doing this? No, you've, you've done this, this, and this. That's right and wrong." And and uh, yeah, so it's it's a bit like having your own kind of um, human Google search, really, when it comes <laughs> to beer. <laughs> you know, the stuff that he knows about beer and style and everything. So so yeah, and he's you know he's a really inspirational guy as well. So uh, I got got into it through him really, and. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, really, it's just kind of working in a pub and uh, being surrounded by beer as well. You, you kind of thought, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah, so how long ago was that that you started? <laughs> uh, probably um, same as Ollie, actually, about, I think, um, brewing in earnest for about 12 months, but about 18 months ago, first first started. And, and I think it takes, it takes at least sort of, I would say, five or six brews before you get into how how it works for you you know um i i brew in a bag and uh, just working out what 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 to do next and, and where things go it takes you know it takes at least five or six so um and i kind of brew to a brew to drink really i don't have loads of beer stacked up mm-hmm. in the house I'll, I'll i'll just brew brew some drink it then then when i'm running low on that i'll brew again so yeah it's about, it about five or six brews so but so really about about a year really i've been um taken it a little bit more seriously um but i don't really take it that seriously uh, <laughs> because uh, when you you know when you as i say working in the pub and you're surrounded by really really good beer then you know homebrew is homebrew and um and commercial beer is is commercial beer and there, there is a great difference for me i think but the great thing about being a home brewer is the fact that you can get yourself a load of pineapples and stick them in a fermenter and <laughs> stuff like that. If you were to try and brew this beer commercially, um, well, I used I used four pineapples in 23 litres of beer. Yeah, that'd so, be a shit ton uh, of know, pineapples, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, you, it costs you maybe about 500 quid in pineapples to do one brew. Um, so it's, it's not commercially viable, so yeah. So what other beers have you have you done then? Uh, successes... Uh, my, uh, I did. I did a kaffir, um, kaffir, lime leaf and lemongrass wit. Another wheat beer. I like my wheat beers. Uh, that was a success. Uh, I did a saison, which um, uh, which I was quite surprised at, really, because I, I kind of, I'm kind of, it's a love hate thing with me, for me with saisons. Um, the, it's one of those beers that it's really marmite. If it's done, if it's done right, I think it's great. If it's done, if it's not done really well, then you, they're a bit boring. I don't know. I don't know. I've had a few boring saisons, but I managed mm-hmm. to I managed to do that and nail it, which um, I'll probably never be able to do again. But hey, there we go. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, I think I think the disasters in homebrew. Uh, I think the disasters in homebrew are, are the ones that you kind of remember the most because you think, oh god, oh yeah, that's where I went wrong with it. <laughs> I remember my first beer. Oh, it was awful. It was it was like it was just it was TCP. It was uh, oh, it was like this thick, kind of gloopy, sugary horribleness. Um, and uh, Stu <laughs> Stu took a full and said, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then that was enough for me. You know, it, it was just it was just oh, it's just a hideous, hideous kind of thing. But and you learn. I think you learn most from those. Or I do anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good luck with the saisons. I I nailed my first one and have not been able to do it right since. Do it since. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. I think I I don't know about you guys, but um, 
my brewing kind of went up a up a notch when I got myself in my brew fridge, and yeah. that's that's when you know when you can control your fermentation. That's I think that was the best thing I, I ever did. Mm. I managed to yeah. Um, yeah, I I went down the route of getting a <clears throat> a stainless steel coil so I can coil the coil the beer directly rather than the fridge because I'm not not gonna have space for a fridge. But it makes a huge difference. You can just taste the you can taste the difference because the yeast don't get knackered. Yeah, yeah, you're not stressing it. So yeah, mm. especially at this time of year. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but chilling chilling down, I've got a I've got an old bit of copper coil. <laughs> with some hosepipe clips on the end of it and stuff like that. It really is Heath Robinson. And but trying to trying to cool your beer down in uh, in summer, your um your kind of your, your mains water's coming out about twelve degrees. Mm. So it, it, it's re- it's a real it's a long process. And you know obviously you sat there looking at it going quick chill. <laughs> but it may be Heath Robinson. But that is I mean if if I if I bought that I'd be happy with it. You know I mean it. Yeah. I couldn't distinguish the difference between that as a as a home brew or a commercial beer. It's, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's the danger with the danger. I think with doing beers which have got fruit in or other bits and pieces like that, um, is it just you you lose the beeriness? Yeah. You know, it just tastes that doesn't that tastes like a nicely balanced. If I had to imagine what a nicely balanced pineapple beer would taste like, that for me is pretty close. I, I definitely wouldn't go for any more pineapples. No. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of those pineapple pineapple chew sweets. Yeah. You know, yeah. they used to have a pick and mix shop. Yeah. <laughs> that that was my first thought when I took a first taste. It was it was um pineapple opal fruit. And of course they're not called opal fruits anymore, they're they're starburst. But yeah. I, I remember when I was uh when I was a lad they, they <laughs> issued a uh, a limited edition run of tropical flavored opal fruits and one of those was pineapple and that instantly brought back memories of that for me it was and it's just spot on and i, I think what it just goes to show again i mean you know with with two two out of three beers in this is probably our fifth or so homebrew special now and every time we say the same thing the beers that you guys are producing in in your kitchens garages sheds are mostly better than a lot of commercial beers that you're going to find out there. There, there. there have been beers that I've drunk this weekend that don't even go to touch the beers I'm drinking here tonight. So my, my hat's off to you guys because I don't have the patience or skill to, to be able to do this. And I just think what you guys do is brilliant. Cheers. Yeah, cool. I, I love a slightly fruity, slightly wheaty beer. And this is... Mm. Just, I mean, just like Ollie's bitter, it's just it hits all the marks for me so far. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not be disappointed if I paid money for that at a pub. No, but, I wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't it's really taste at all. But don't get any ideas. I'm not giving you any money. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasters are rich, aren't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so, any other, any questions for Ben about his? Uh, Awesome salt, salted pineapple wit. How much mess do you make when you brew in a bag? Because I want to compare. It's <laughs> uh, not too bad, really. It's um, I've got lots of buckets, put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it kind of comes out. I mean, I, the, it comes out, the, the malt comes out in the bag, and I stick it in another bucket, and I'll run, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, quotation marks, sparge. 
yep. um, through the bag, as it were, into into that bucket, and then you're kind of tipping it back into into your pan, into what will now become your kettle. Uh, it's not it's not really that messy, um, but I'm 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 at, um, I'm brewing 23 liters. Where mm. uh, you're as you're 55 today. Here. Yeah, well, my 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 kettle can hold 90 95 liters. Um, right. So I made quite a lot of mess yesterday, but that's because I had a whole load of new kit. I didn't know how it worked. So there's beer on the floor. Un- yeah, unplugging hoses which have got beer in is not a good idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, yeah, and, and yeah, you're going to come through all that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, do you? Um... Oh, question's gone. When when you um, when you do you sparge through through your. Uh... It's an insert, isn't it, that you take yeah. out, and then do yeah. you, so. Do you sparge through that as well? Do you sort of hook it on? I do. So yeah. So the the, the sparging to um, for any people who are listening who aren't nerdy homebrewers like us, sparging is when you when you rinse the grains um, with with warm liquid or water water to run the extra sugars out, so you get as much sugar as you can. Because um, the early part of the brew is about getting as much sugar as you can out of the malt. So yeah, when I lift my mash tun out of the um at the boiler i just recirculate the the wort over the top of it for 10 minutes or so very very slowly just to run a bit out and that i found that the efficiency has gone up from sort of 50 to 70 percent so i get 70 percent of all of the possible sugar that i could do out of the malt which means it's cheaper to to brew um and you <clears throat> you get a you get a better you get a better extraction from the malt but that's the bit that's messy because you've got a hose with seventy degree sticky hot liquid flying around <laughs> in, a, in a spinning circle, um, which can come unclipped quite easily. So, oh god, yeah. And is it is your kettle electric? I take it. It is. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. And unfortunately, electricity and sticky hot liquid don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some nervous nervous times with that combination as well. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> In fact, when I first brewed, I plugged two elements into a um, into a uh, extension cable, but didn't unwind the extension cable. Ooh, not really yeah. realizing that I'd created just a great big resistor. So yeah. when I when I unwound the extension cable, the um, the uh, shielding had come off, <laughs> which was not good. <laughs> right, shall we get on to the next beer? Yes, because cause two on a Monday night isn't enough. No, <laughs> and just for fun, this is this is a bit weightier than the previous ones. So the salted pineapple was four and a half percent, and now we're on to Rich's Tethys Oat Merlot Old Ale, which is eight point two percent. Bit careful opening this one; it has bread in it, so it should be all right. Oh dear! <laughs> it, it wouldn't be a homebrew show without a gusher, Breaking. would it? Great into glass works. Oh, that smells lovely. Oh, mm. wow. No, oh, and it's gone. I've got the gusher. Get it in the glass then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting it. It's in... Wow. Oh, that is... That's an amazing aroma. It's incredible. Mm. <laughs> wow. I don't dip my own nose in it. That is... Oh, I just when 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 you first said what you were going to send us for this show, I have to say I was like, 
almost fell off my seat. I was like, Some, somebody's brewed that at home. Um, when, when it came through and I read through the ingredients, I was, again, just, just blown away. Now it's in the glass and I'm actually smelling it. Um, it just smells so good. Um, I, I cannot wait to give this a try. I really can't. It smells old. <laughs> it does. It is quite old. Um, as in, this was brewed a year and a bit ago. Wow. Okay. Um, so while we tuck into this, Rich, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, so this is basically... The inspiration for this came from uh, the Wild Beer Company's guys and their um, red wine barrel aging. Uh, I tried that at the first Indie Man and went, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I fake that a bit because I don't have red wine barrels? Um, so it's basically an old ale recipe with the contents of a red wine kit thrown into it. Wow. Uh, wow. To pretend to be the, the lees left in the bottom of a barrel and some oak barrel chips from a French wine barrel, basically. Um, and then, just because I could, I stuck some brett, which is a wild yeast, into it uh, to sort of simulate like old British ales that got a little bit of wild yeast into them. So, mm -hmm. sort of stock old British ales. Um, and then I sort of left it for a long time. Um, it's one of the things I tend to do quite well with beers is just just leave them for a year or two, um, especially the stronger ones, uh, and all sorts of interesting, fun things can happen. Okay, well, it sounds like you've been you've been brewing a bit longer than um, the other lads. How long have you been going for? Well, sort of, the sort of first experience of brewing was my dad brewing in my what was my nappy bucket, which strangely enough his friends didn't want to drink. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I, I took it up at university again to get people drunk and then gave up again and then took it up when my kids were born because I needed a hobby I could do inside the house while looking after children. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about seven years ago now. Um, since then, I've, I've done bits of uh, beer judging, uh, playing in competitions and things um, and making all sorts of weird things. And my tendency is to make beers that you can't buy in shops except the pro brewers keep upping me to hire <laughs> more complicated beers. It's it's stunning. I, I I've had a couple of sips and and I'm sitting here and I'm I'm thinking, um, ladies and gentlemen, right now we've reached a peak craft in terms of these homebrew specials. <laughs> yeah. um, it's somebody's going to have to go pretty far to to ever beat this uh, i think i mean it, oh, it's wow. it's everything that i really look for in a beer um it's got a lovely deep complex flavor about it the aroma's spot on um there's a slight almost a slight sour tinge to it but that just works so well in balancing out the flavors um i am absolutely loving this beer um it's it's spot on for me mate cheers yeah it is amazing Absolutely yeah. amazing. I've just kicked off another brew of this. It'll be ready in another year, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can wait that long, um, to be honest in with a, you. <laughs> but, in, a, yeah. in a really nice way, it smells a bit like Stilton. <laughs> mm. I bet it'd work. it would work amazing oh, with so some cheese. Stilton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get a slightly uh, ribenery, that, that sort of deep fruitiness. It's... It, it's just so rich. Um, but, oh, it's, oh, it's an incredible beer. 
Hats off to you, mate. That is that is a phenomenal beer. Really incredible. Is. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot of that's coming from the the, the bit of the wine in there. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. Merlot. Um, you can get the it's basically a great concentrate out of the wine kit. Um, a reasonable, reasonably good wine kit. Not not the cheapest ones you can buy, but yeah. yeah. So and then what did you just put that straight into the the, the beer? Yeah, I dumped that in just as it was starting to ferment, basically like you would a raw sugar. What was the? Tell me about the Edinburgh Ale yeast. That sounds really interesting. I've not heard of that one before. It's one of the sort of Scottish ale yeasts. It's from uh, White Labs. That one. Mm. Uh, it's liquid yeast, uh, and it's in there just to give it a bit of that sort of malty sweetness. Um, mm. get from some of the Scottish ales, you're sort of sixty ninety chilling things. Mm. Um, just to go for the multi edge rather than some of the more hop accentuated English ones. Mm. Using using the two uh, two liquid yeast, did you make up two starters and then? Yeah, yeah. yeah the the, the yeah. Brett the Brett went in later, so the the Edinburgh Ale did the first fermentation for a couple of weeks, uh, and it transferred into a bucket with the oak and and the the the, the, the Brett went in at that point. Right, got you. Yeah. And it's uh, I mean, how, how much oak did you use? Uh, it wasn't very much. It was about twenty-five, fifty grams, I think. I can't remember. I've got it in my notes, but it, um, yeah, it wasn't. It was about half a bag, basically. Mm. And what's your battery size? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it fifty? So, fifty liters? Uh, uh, twenty odd liters. I think it was twenty-one. This one. Twenty-one. Uh, but the the oak, you just leave it on the oak until you're happy with what it tastes like. Because mm. um, then you can just take it straight off. I mean, some beers I've put the oak in in a bag, and then you can just yank it out when you're happy with it. <laughs> the thing that's also gorgeous about this is it's held the head on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all, all the way down the glass. So pretty. What's what's with the name, mate? What's behind the name of it? I, I have this whole Greek gods and goddesses thing on names because they're quite easy, and I cannot quite. I was looking trying to remember why I called this Tethys when I when I picked it. it it's a it's a Greek goddess of something of the sea, or her, and there was some association with wine I'd found while messing around trying to find beer names. Um, but yeah, it, it, and you get pretty pictures for Greek gods and things that you put on the label. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very nice label as well. Yeah, all, most of mine are all the same. They're the same template, the picture and different name and text on them. And they're just printed out. Yeah. It's just such a good beer. It is. I'm, um, I'm, I'm almost gutted that I'm drinking it now and haven't left it for another year or so. Because <laughs> um, I, just, I just imagine it's just going to get better with age. There's only a couple of bottles of this batch left. I'll sit see how many I can store for the next one without drinking them accidentally. <laughs> I've just if... put a stopper in mine because I'm going to kind of try and keep mine going over the next week or so. <laughs> I'm out, but... if, if I was producing beer like this, mate, I'd be the same. I'd be wanting to, to, to just drink it all myself and not share it with anyone. <laughs> um, so, I've lost my words. <laughs> it's, um, the it's the beer. It's the this, beer. This is this is normal for a homebrew show. Mark, Mark, Mark gets the beer through and he's useless. Yeah. That beer is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to say thanks, guys, for sending these beers through because it, just amazing. Like Steve was saying, you've set the bar. Pete Craft, 
happy craft maker. It's, in, it's interesting because you've got <laughs> you've got a complete spectrum, haven't you? Yeah. You've got yeah. You've got a a pretty simple beer on one one side, and you've got a massively complicated lot of flavours going on, but works beautifully on one end, and a gorgeous middly one in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's probably the first time on a on, on a homebrew special we've not had an IPA or a stout in <laughs> in the lineup either, um, yeah. which has been really exciting. For, for me because I've, I've tried beers here tonight and again it comes back to you, you know what you guys are doing at home um it's, it's just simply fantastic because who would have thought that um when we first started the beer o'clock show we'd be drinking a salted pineapple wit that, that's been produced in somebody's backyard mixed with a tethys oat merlot old ale <laughs> yeah um it's it, it's just i mean as, as mark says hats off to you guys what what you do here it amazes me um and the, the the quality of these beers is just absolutely bang on uh well done guys yeah i think a, a, any three of these beers are worthy of being served across a bar in my in my opinion well done good boys <laughs> <laughs> could, could i do a plug if yes. I may. Yeah. Oh. Plug away. You know, Steve from Lutabu, who you had on, and he suggested that I come on the show. Uh, he had him on there well, a few episodes back. Um, he's doing another homebrew festival at the end of August, 22nd of August, at the um, Wolf Chambers in Leeds. And uh, I just wanted to plug that again, if that's all right. Uh, but we're talking about blending. I've had a little bit of an idea. Um, just wanted to run it past um, you two guys. Is uh, the fact that I'm going to brew, I'm going to brew a really boring blonde beer, and then have three hop teas, and you can blend your own beer with your three hop teas. And I'm going to oh. call it Hopper Tea. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's really clever. Uh, and uh, just sort of the reason, reason I'm going to do it is because you can do that at a homebrew festival. I don't see that happening at the Great British Beer Festival no. or any. Well, <laughs> so so yeah. Um, if you're around like that, sorry, what was that? I can see it someone like Indie Man. They they can certainly do pop teas there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But it's, I, yeah, I, I think I, I I think maybe Indie Man or a year away from doing a homebrew festival in one of the little rooms. <laughs> I, I really think they are. Yeah, excellent. We're yeah. working on it. That's northerners. <laughs> yeah. if, if there's going to be any festival that does it first, it will be then. Absolutely. What, yes. what we'll do is we'll, we'll put, um, if I can find some information online, we'll put a link to the homebrew festival in the show notes so, so people can click through to it and find out a little bit more about it. Fab. Brilliant. Okay, uh, Steve, do Instagram of the week, mate. Of course, um, hot competition this week. Um, everybody's really up in their game. Did you say hot um, competition? Hot competition. Hot. Okay. hot I, I might have said that. hot. I might have said hot competition. Which is actually probably better than than a hot competition. Anyway, everybody's up their game this week. Somebody introduced a new hashtag. Um, this is the most impossible thing to win anymore. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it is. There's, there's been a lot of really good ones this week, and I was really torn between two or three again 
tonight. But I've gone for um, another first-time winner. This is at Eric Likes Beer, who um, produced a, a picture of a, a bottle of Doug's Black Currant Saison um, in a glass on what looks like a harbour um, with the sun setting. It's it's a beautiful picture. Um, it's on our Instagram account. It's linked through in the show notes. If you want to enter your own um, picture into the prize, this prize competition, which this is for the biggest box of nothing you're ever going to receive in the post, um, you've only got one more week to do it for this season. So um, get your beers out, get your cameras out, and um, get your pictures up on Instagram. Use the hashtag cheers, guys. Very good. You can get your beers from Ales by Mail, Beautiful Beers, Bottle and Bean and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners. Just check out all the details on our Season 7 Beer List page on the website. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you can be alerted if you don't use iTunes and all that shit whenever a new episode is out. Our guests tonight have been... Ollie Watts, Ben Vickers, Rich Caller. Ollie, how can we find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at WattsBrew. Okay. Ben, where can we find you, mate? At Hoptomaniac. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, Rich, I think yours is a little predictable. Where, where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, I'm not original. I use my own name, at Arcaller. Caller. Right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you can they're, find... they're all linked through in the show notes as well. Indeed. You can find us on... Well, for actually, Steve, what's coming up next week? Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you was going to get me to do the... Uh, you can find us on. I, I panicked then. I'm in a cold <laughs> sweat now because I don't know. Um, uh, what's coming next week? Well, um, in a slight change to the advertised programme, uh, um, we were hoping to do to finish Season 7, our Six Nations of Beer, um, we were planning to finish the season with the uh, this year's incarnation of Brewdog's Mash Tag. Um, unfortunately, the beer isn't ready for for us to feature. Um, Brewdog have been fantastic in, in in working with us and saying, "Look, guys, it's just not going to be ready. Um, we can send you something else to do instead." What they've sent us to do instead is one of their abstract beers. So we uh, next week will be featuring AB eighteen. Um, which is an imperial brown owl, and it doesn't stop there. That's been um, rested on Scottish tabries and purple raspberries. Doesn't stop there. It's been in rum barrels for two years, and it still doesn't stop there. And then it's been blended with a fresh hoppy black owl to to produce an imperial brown owl to die for. So we will be finishing season seven on an absolute high um, with Brewdog's AB18 next week. Very good. Now back to you can find us on on Twitter at Beer O'Clock Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer O'Clock Show. On Untapped at Beer O'Clock Show. Steve, I'm on Untapped at Beer Show Mark and on Twitter at Beer Show Mark. Ollie Ben Rich, thank you very much. These have Cheers, been thank you. absolutely Cheers, thank you. amazing thank you. beers. Cheers, guys. Stunning beers. Um. I'm feeling the effects of them, so I'm going to go to bed very shortly. Um, (laughs) Until next week, Stevie. This has been the highlight of my week. And mine. Bye-bye.